Greetings, golf fans, and welcome. This is episode 86 of Playing the Tips podcast, previewing our hometown event, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and one more week on the beautiful grind. From Fort Pontchartrain du Détroit, I am your host, Sports Guy Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Guy Ty. And from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Shallow Cal, whom you can find on the Twitters at Shallow Cal Golf. My friend, what is the podcast sauce tonight for the hometown event? Well, of course, it is obviously the unofficial official beer of Michigan, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. I could have probably guessed that for you, although for some reason in the back of my mind, I thought you might do an Oberon tonight. No, you know, um, I like to do Oberon when they come out, get a couple packs, but as it, as it, you know, the, after the first few and the disappointment of it not being as good as it once was, um, I, I tend to kind of just go back to the two-hearted. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, well, I thought about Michigan beer for tonight, but the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I think we're going to hear the Canadian national anthem a lot at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. <laughs> I mean, it is just right there. Uh, Canadians love their golf. They have loved this event, flocked to it in droves since it came back, uh, since professional golf came back to the state in 2019. So I am sticking to my roots. Uh, Labatt Blue Light again tonight, Canada's favorite Pilsner, uh, with a nod to all of my friends north of the border, unless you are in Detroit. And in fact, you would be then south of the border in Windsor. Yeah. All right, well, this is a big week for us uh, being the hometown event. We are headed down there together on Thursday to watch some golf. I'm going to be down there Friday as well. We're going to get into all of that very shortly, but we do need to touch quickly on the Travelers Championship last week because it was a big week for your boy. Not on Keegan, 80-1, to 1, but my each way almost equaled that. Uh, Chez Reeve coming through for me, 250. 50 to one each way shallow cal that was a massive massive putt for my fortunes on uh 18 i think it was just inside 20 feet and i needed shez to hit that putt to get into a tie a two-way tie for fifth and giving him full place money had he missed it it would have been a large chop on that really nice 250 to one yeah i was uh very happy for you i think i even uh when I texted you, I texted a uh, um, a GIF of Enrique Iglesias singing, Can I Be Your Hero Baby? <laughs> sure enough, this motherfucker rolls that, what was it, 15, 20, that was probably, what, 20 feet? Gotta be, yeah, right, just inside 20, I think. Just inside 20 feet. Um, wow, great, great, great. Uh, Putt from him, and I was so happy for you since my guy, uh, who was in the running for a place on had a great round on Thursday, great round on Friday, and then just decided to eject halfway through his round on Saturday. Eric Cole, um, you know, I was really, really, really rooting for uh, Shez to knock this one down and take down Keegan on Sunday. Unfortunately, wasn't in the cards, um, but I'm happy that he got that full place for you. That was a huge fist pump in the Alashewski household when that putt went in. Um, 
I hadn't had a ton of success on outrights in 2023. Actually, just two outright winners since the start of this calendar year. But I'll tell you what, that each way payout was actually more than both of my outright winners. <laughs> and I've yeah, and I've had a little bit of success on each ways. Again, 2022-2023 PGA Tour season been a bit of a struggle for me in terms of hitting outright winners, but I have kept everything afloat and more. Actually gotten into the positive on the backs of a bunch of each way payouts, but some really really big ones, not just Shez at the Travelers 251, but I hit Garrick Higo 500 to 1 on the each way back at Sanderson Farms in the fall. 200 to 1 Cam Davis each way at the PGA a couple weeks ago. And then we were both on Akshay in Mexico, 100 to 1 a couple weeks ago, uh, as well, or a couple months ago, I should say. Um, so, been a really good run of form for me in the each way market. Again, really kind of kept everything afloat and moving forward. Um, just real quick on Eric Cole again, he kind of did Saturday what Chez started out doing to me on Sunday. Um, it wasn't even necessarily like a terrible eject, it just Everybody was going low, and he didn't do it on Saturday, and Chez sure as hell didn't do it to start on Sunday. Very disappointing. Um, that's, you know, I kind of knew it when uh, Chez was not uh, making birdies. Keegan separated, um, and then he had, uh, uh, was it back-to-back bogeys, or was it, you know, maybe a couple of holes in between or a hole in between with bogeys. Um, and then we're like, oh, crap, Shez has got to get his shit together so that we can get this full full place. We don't want no chop. Mm. Uh, and it was looking dicey for a minute there. Yeah, very glad that that one came through. All right, enough on Travelers. Um, back to the focus of this week's event. Again, huge week for us, the podcast being based uh, in Michigan. So Rocket Mortgage Classic, Shallow Cal. We are headed to the tournament together on Thursday. I'm pumped to head down there with you. Um, where are we headed first? Who, who's who's the target? Who are we following on Thursday? Um, Honestly, I think, uh, I think we've got to get to hole 10 as soon as we get there. Uh, because that's where really the big boys start to tee off. I've got a first round leader ticket on a guy you have an outright ticket on, may I say, but he's uh, teeing off 7.07 a.m. on hole 10. And then after that, we've got some good guys uh, teeing off uh, of 10 um, at 7.30, about a half an hour, a little little under a half an hour after uh, the the uh, Russ Knox, Benny Ahn, and Harry Hall group, we've got Keegan Bradley, Tom Kim, and Colin Morikawa teeing off of 10. And then the group after that is Finau, Damon, and Fowler. So, um, you know, and then, and then really a lot of the guys early in the day that are playing off of 10 and playing that back nine first are, uh, are the guys that, we're going to want to see. So I think that's what we should do, but you know, I am with you. You did, uh, you know, acquire the tickets. So I am, uh, I am open to any and all ideas. I think that sounds like a, a great game plan right there. 
Uh, I am all about putting on the walking shoes and getting around a golf course when I go to tournaments. I love putting some miles on those Fitbits. Uh, just seeing the whole course. I've obviously been several times to Rocket Mortgage. I've played Detroit Golf Club a bunch, so I'm very familiar with it. But always enjoy getting out there, particularly during the tournament when the layout is a bit different with the composite courses north and south. And then I just love bouncing around and seeing as many golf shots as I possibly can. So I think that's a great play. I'm looking forward to following each of those groups for a couple holes, zigging and zagging, getting across a couple different fairways, reposition ourselves as best we can. Uh, I am just fired up to see a bunch of live golf on Thursday. Yes, uh, I am too. Uh, no offense to Lonto Griffin, but um, I'm not there to see him. Probably not going to see Lonto, but I'll tell you what, we were texting about this a little bit over the weekend. Not only is this the strongest field in the uh, now will be five-year history of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, uh, this is a great field for us as a podcast and a lot of guys that we bet a lot. Um, you got the big names at the top, obviously. You mentioned a couple, Finau, Ricky Fowler, uh, Justin Thomas is here. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, Tom Kim, uh, but there's a bunch of guys, shallow cow, that we've put some money on uh, in recent months, last couple of years we've been doing this podcast. Who else are you excited to see? Um, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see Cam Davis unleash a driver. I'm just I just want to see it happen. Um, Cam Davis, Cam Champ. Uh, you know, the, the two cams, um, really these guys who hit the ball a fucking mile, uh, are, are who I'm really looking forward to, to seeing. Yeah, I'm, I, I am as well. Um, I saw, I've already seen Garrick Higo hit an absolute wicked slice on a par five, uh, last year at Rocket Mortgage Classic. Looking forward to seeing if he can straighten things out a little bit this year. Let's hope um, so. Yeah. A few of our European tour favorites going to be here. Christian Bezadenhout, Aaron Rye. Looking forward to bouncing around a little bit, seeing both of those guys. Davis Riley is going to be here. I'm excited to see him in person for the first time. Uh, didn't even talk about Max Homa up at the top of the board. Um, we got a we got our work cut out for us on Thursday. Uh, yeah, we do. It's uh, it's going to be an, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. Friday is also going to be a great day for me. I have uh, fallen backwards into a situation, mostly thanks to you having to pass on it, where I am actually going to be inside the ropes on Friday, walking with a yet-to-be-determined group of professional golfers. I'm fired up for this one, Shallow Cow, and I thank you for passing on this opportunity. Uh, well, you know... The day before, uh, or, 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 you know, not the day before, but, uh, you know, a, a couple of days before doesn't really work with, with how my work schedule works out. So unfortunately, yeah, I had to decline, but, um, I'm very happy for you. And, um, if, if it's Gary Kigo, I'm going to be really extremely pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I am hoping for the Justin Thomas, Sung J.M., Hideki Matsuyama group. They are going to be going off in the morning on Friday. I got a feeling for whatever reason that we're going to get slotted with one of the early tee times that day. Man, it would be incredible to get stuck in that feature group. Um, that, that would be incredible. 
And the person that we're going with is a higher up at one of JT's major sponsors. So that's definitely a possibility. So that's where my mind was kind of drifting. Uh, one of our best buddies growing up uh, hooked it up with this experience via his company, who, as you mentioned, sponsors JT and the PGA Tour, among other things. Um, it's a pretty incredible opportunity. I'm a huge uh, collector of golf cards, as you know. So I do have rookie cards of JT, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, Benny Ahn, uh, that I'd be interested in getting a couple signatures on. So I'm hoping to land in one of those big groups, uh, have some fun uh, following the guys, seeing seeing that incredible golf up close and personal. Yeah. All right, by way of a quick agenda, as we always do, tournament preview and course overview, stats to consider, any weather of note, and then we'll get into our tips, picks, and best bets for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. But first, Shallow Cal, what do we need from the people? From the people, hit that like button. Give us a follow on Twitter at Playing Tips Pod. Subscribe to the Playing the Tips podcast. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to download the episode and give us a review. Thanks again to all that tune in, and we cannot wait for Thursday. Home course venue. Let's go. Yeah, we're fired up. Drop us a, a podcast review. Let us know if you're going to be there at all this week uh, down at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. All right, little tournament preview. Uh, all eyes this week are going to be on the corner of Seven Mile and Hamilton. We are in the Palmer Woods neighborhood of Detroit, uh, near the University of Detroit Mercy, which is home to the 2023 NCAA basketball scoring champion Antoine Davis. Uh, in the city limits of Detroit for the fifth consecutive year as a PGA Tour event since Rocket Mortgage Classic has been here. That's the first time a PGA Tour event has been held inside city limits. About 11 miles due south of my front porch. I'm at 12 Mile and Coolidge Highway, so we will not have a very far jaunt to get there on Thursday. Uh, Detroit Golf Club has previously hosted the Western Amateur in 1911 and the U.S. Mid-Amateur in 1992. When Rocket Mortgage, uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic came back in 2019, actually the first time in a decade that the PGA Tour uh, had been in Michigan. It's kind of wild to think about, Shallow Cal, that we went that long without PGA Tour golf after the old Buick Open because this is a golf-crazy state. Not only that, um, but there are some excellent courses in the metro Detroit area. You know, you've got... Um, I Grand Blank is a little bit further. Um, I believe that's where the uh, the Buick Open was at Warwick, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, and then you, I mean, you've got Oakland Hills, obviously the DGC that's hosting this week. Um, and then even up north, man, you've got Arcadia Bluffs. Uh, you've got Bay Harbor. You've got uh, Forest Dunes, which is a highly ranked course in the in the country. There's there's some really good golf uh, around the area. We Bar don't Barton Hills. I, don't, I you know I'm sure you remember Barton Hills uh, hosted the U.S. Women's Amateur uh, Championship. What is that? Maybe 98, 99, something like that. I believe that's exactly right. 1998, uh, won by. Sari Pock. Yeah, right? Yep. Arizona State golfer at the time. Yes. Yeah, so Barton she, Hills is my home course, also a Donald Ross design. Yes, very uh, 
a lot of similar characteristics to what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, we don't get a ton of summer up in the uh, this part of the world here in the upper Midwest in Michigan. We're pretty much limited to that kind of traditional uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day run for the good weather. And even sometimes we got to wait a little bit longer than that to get into it. But when we get into summer and we start enjoying some of that classic Michigan summer weather in the long hours with a ton of daylight on the far western edge of the eastern time zone, it just sets up perfectly for golf. Golf everywhere, all over the state. Everyone playing. Uh, it's, it, it's light at 10 p.m. at night. I mean, you can, you, you can finish your round at 10 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't set up better if you love golf than summers in Michigan. It's incredible. Actually, uh, one of my um, roommates from down south in Mississippi was uh, up north at um, Shush Mountain playing some of the courses around there about a week ago. And he, they drove up from Chicago and they didn't even get to northern Michigan until like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, I, I don't think their tea time was until 5.30, <laughs> and they still played 18 on the first night. Oh, easy. It's easy to do. Yeah, incredible. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of a uh, course overview here. Um, another tight, tree-lined Parklands course. We've seen a lot of this in recent weeks, Shallow Cow, kind of moving into that part of the schedule now. We get to see a couple of the Donald Ross courses on tour, and then... Others kind of similar uh, in vain. Yeah. Um, this one is pretty pretty straightforward, man. There's not too many tricks or frills. There's not too much in terms of defenses. I think there's only one hole with water on it. Um, I have been in that water before. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> just your shot, not you actually. It was um, just my shot, but it was a pretty <laughs> wicked hook. <laughs> um, you know, par 72, 73, uh, 50 yardage. That's not super, super long. Um, it doesn't play, you know, particularly long. There's not like, you know, you're not playing a lot of uphill golf or anything. The, the undulation is actually fairly flat. Flattest so, course on the PGA Tour, in fact. Yeah, so it's it's there's really not much to it, man. Um, Don, like you said, Donald Ross course designed in 1916. Uh, um, it's going to have all of those classic Donald Ross, uh, you know, design traits. Back to front sloping greens, um, which are about average size, a little over 5,000 square feet. Um, they're going to be firm and fast. And then you're going to have a lot of undulation. So it's, you know, it, it's Donnie Ross, man. So let's stick on the greens for a moment because that is obviously a defining characteristic of Donald Ross courses. Uh, by the way, Don's brother, Alec Ross, was the head club pro for over 30 years at Detroit Golf Club, uh, I believe all the way until 1945. Um, so with those greens, we're back on a POA bent mix. Uh, POA is mostly at bay this time of year. Uh, new superintendent at Detroit Golf Club this year, Sam Moynihan, uh, formerly Jake Mendoza, who had roots at Medina and Wingfoot and was really a beloved superintendent at the club. Uh, old Sam's got his work cut out for him this year because the greens on 11 and 12 on the north course, I believe, yes, north course, uh, vandalized in mid-April, uh, the long par three and then the following par four. 
glyphosate, a grass or weed killer, was dumped all over both grains, um, completely browned them out, zigzags, just tore them up. Um, bad act of vandalism. Uh, made tougher in the recovery because the end of April was very cold in Michigan. Uh, but by all accounts, Shallow Cal, uh, those greens are in great shape this week. We've got a whole other slew of weather issues to uh, talk about in detail in a moment. But uh, anything else on the greens that the that you have of note this week? Well, it's just your, you know, it's it's um, it's your Poa bent mix. Um, it's your typical uh, north west or excuse me northeast uh kind of grass mixture we saw it last week you know you saw guys really excel um put it in the right area on this green and you're going to have a good shot if you if you know if you're a if you're a good putter um or if your putter is hot you're going to have a good shot at rolling a lot of these bad boys in yeah you definitely got to be below the hole at this course donald ross courses in general um, the green complexes, very different, uh, what you get from what you're seeing from the tee and really even some of the approach shots, uh, appears much simpler from those vantage points, but you really do have a lot to contend with when you get on these grains. I'm not sure it's going to be as difficult this week because of some of the recent rain we've had. And again, we'll talk about that as just one of several different, um, storylines with the weather this week in Metro Detroit. But, um, you know, you got your tears, your spines, your false fronts, uh, plenty to play with around here. And certainly, of course, that that definitely requires accurate ball striking because there is, you know, correct places to even miss on these greens. Certainly, again, want to be below the hole, but a lot of them are elevated, guarded by those deep greenside bunkers. Uh, what do we have by way of the rough this week, Shadow Cal? One of the strongest course defenses. Bluegrass rough. Um you know, it's not, it's the, it's thick and it's going to be grown out to four inches, but, um, it's not super penal if you're hitting the ball a fucking mile, because you're not going to have, uh, too far to kind of hack it out of there. And it's really is like, you know, one of the course defenses, but bomb and gouge is definitely a strategy to employ here. We saw that with Bryson winning um, a few years ago. And it's it, if you get behind uh, the wrong trees or not a good angle and you're not, you know, 100 yards in, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to hack it out of there. Definitely. That's going to be some thick, juicy, rough based on uh, the rain we've had the last uh, couple days here. In my opinion, it'll probably play most difficult in and around those greens with those touch shots. If you get that ball laying, laying real far down. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, now this is a course on tour where guys hit significantly above average for green and regulation, yes. um, among the highest on tour, but I'm with you there. Uh, if you're, if you're at all wayward with those approach shots, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble around these greens. Yep. Uh, fairways, despite the course having very little elevation change, there is some undulation to them. It will slope a little get a little bit. You got that bent grass POA mix, very typical of golf courses, this part of the world. 
A uh, little bit more on course defenses, uh, bunkering, shallow cal. There's a bunch of them. Fairway bunkers probably are not going to be in play much again this year as they have not been uh, each of the past few years. They do tend to pinch fairways at certain points, but with all the length that guys have on tour this uh, in this current era, really not uh, much of a concern. More so uh, kind of the, the smart bunkering around the greens, I think, is going to be a bigger defense. Yeah, and with, uh, you know, the Donald Ross design, a lot of these greens are, are quite, you know, um, would you say elevated? Yes, very yeah. much so. So you really are going to be significantly below the hole. Um, and if you're short-sided or you have a long way to go, it's going to make for some incredibly difficult bunker shots because, one, getting them there might be the problem with, you know, the angle of approach you need to take. And then two, just getting it out of a bunker um, and not hitting some of these lips is going to be difficult as well. Yep, I'm with you. Anything by way of comp courses uh, that you pair with DGC? Um, yeah, there are definitely some comp courses, but I didn't take that into as much consideration uh, this week. We've only seen this course four times, and it is really not it is given it's 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 all over the place, man. Um, and while I did look at it a little bit um, with your bent Poa putters and and the green complex, I'm not really weighing too heavily on um, on the comp course, and I'm going more towards recent form than anything. I'm leaning into recent form as well a bit. Uh, I will throw a couple comp courses out there. I like Sedgefield a lot uh, for the Wyndham Championship, obviously because it is the other regular Donald Ross course on tour, um, the triumphant being the um, tour championship in Atlanta, but obviously not everybody plays in that one. Um, Sedgefield is just, again, that old school, very classical golf course, tree-lined, um, very, very much kind of in line and many similarities for Detroit Golf Club. One more sneaky one that I actually like a lot is Jackson Country Club that has hosted uh, the Sanderson Farms Championship in recent years down in Mississippi. Um, 2008 redesign by John Fote incorporates a lot of the classic Donald Ross elements. A uh, big student of Donald Ross design. Um, he did Parkland-style routing uh, during that 2008 revamp. Um, very small and tricky greens there. There's been a lot of uh, form carryover between both courses as well, so I like Jackson Country Club for that reason. What about uh, TPC Twin Cities, which used to be featured the week before the Rocket Mortgage Classic? So I like that as well. I don't know if I'll go as far as calling it a comp, comp course, course but, but I like it as form guide, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Not necessarily like your same course, but um, seems like a few instances in, in particularly recently, well, obviously since the Rocket Mortgage is only four years old, but players that have gone well at uh, TPC Twin Cities in Minnesota have gone well here as well. Yeah, we'll look no far, farther than, you know, last year and Tony oh, Finau. Back-to-back yeah. <laughs> -back weeks, one at TPC Twin Cities and DGC. Yeah. But even more than that, I mean, TPC Twin Cities is a very similar upper Midwest-type golf course. I believe they employ the bent poa mix on the greens as well. 
Um, driver is a premium up there for a little bit different reason. You do have the wider fairways, a bit longer, but big sticks play very well at TPC Twin Cities. Um, so again, yeah, I think there's some similarities. I like that as a, an interesting form uh, guide for Detroit Golf Club. Great. All right, what are you looking at in terms of stats to consider? Um, I was going with good drives gained, um, recent form, like I said, um, strokes gained approach, obviously, as every week. And honestly, the putting to me is 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 a, is a question. You know, uh, I, I looked at it. I looked at how they people have been putting recently. But it tends to be so, you know, uh, week to week. And if you can catch a hot putter here, this is one of the places that, you know, uh, a Colin Morikawa can come in and fucking put the lights out. Yeah. I mean, this is a putting contest. I don't think there's any two ways about it. Certainly what we've seen scores get to each of the first four iterations would lend itself to that. Um, guys who have gone well, the winners here have all wielded very hot putters. Um, I didn't necessarily write down traditional strokes gained stats to consider this week. I'm more just driver wedge putter. I mean, very, very straightforward path to victory here. Um, be a big driver. You don't even necessarily need to take the bomb and gouge approach where you're spraying it all over the place with that added uh, extra distance. But just be a big hitter of the golf ball. Be able to put it out there because you're going to have wedge in your hands the vast majority of this golf course. Um, there is a high number of shots in the 75 to 100 yard range, as well as 100 to 125 yard range, and even up to 150 yards at DGC. So bomb it, stick those wedges close, put the lights out. I think a very straightforward path to victory at a very classical golf course. All right, we got some weather to talk about shallow cal, much more so than we do in a typical week, and that certainly probably lends itself to the fact that we are here in Michigan and are seeing it up close and personal. Um, but it's been interesting. I was actually pretty hopeful that this course was going to have a bit more natural defense to it in, in the weeks leading up to the tournament because we have been absolutely baking in Michigan since mid-May. Um, until this recent rain here last couple days, which we'll get into, uh, I really thought that this course was going to play a little bit firmer, a little fierier, uh, it's been an interesting spring in Michigan. Yeah, um, honestly, the the weird thing right now today was all the uh, the smoke that we were getting from the Canadian wildfires. I don't know if you uh, took a peek outside uh, at all, but it was definitely that foggy haze uh, that we're getting from there. However, you can, you can actually smell the fire. It smells like bonfire outside right now. Like somebody's having a bonfire like a couple miles away or something like that. And it's just catching the wind right. Um, We're actually yeah. currently under an air quality alert here in uh, Detroit. Um, as I mentioned, I'm just a few miles north of the course and we are under a, uh, an air quality alert. Don't don't exercise outdoors kind of thing if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and those storms we just had, they were much, much needed. I don't know how much they're going to affect the golf course because of how dry it's been the last month. I mean, gosh, you could probably count on two fingers how many times it's rained in the past month. Um, it just really hasn't been there. And with how firm it is, I don't know if this all this water is just going to get soaked up, especially since 
it really hasn't rained in, since Monday, I believe. So you're going to have today, um, you have, you have um, tomorrow, and then, you know, you get started Thursday morning. So if, uh, if the rain holds out the next couple of days, I'm not sure it's going to be playing that much slower. We had less than one inch of rain in Detroit in the month of May. It was the fifth driest on record. So to your point, it has been very, very dry for a very, very long time here. Obviously, at a golf course and a golf course that is hosting a PGA Tour event, they are watering it, keeping it in pretty decent shape. But that is tough natural conditions to contend with. There was actually a period from May 21st until June 10th that had exactly 0.0 inches of rain in Detroit. I can confirm because my yard is completely fucked. My front yard in particular that looks at the street and has the sun just beaming down on it is completely scorched out. And of course, this was the year that I forgot to schedule to turn on the sprinklers until springtime. And well, they just got turned on last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oof, that's a tough Yeah, but we actually have had a bunch of rain roll through here in the last couple days. Um, Got some decent showers this past Friday. Uh, Started raining overnight Sunday and rained really all day Monday. I mean, it was a downpour. Um, We had some pretty wicked storms that that rolled through on Sunday. Actually did some damage to the course. Uh, Multiple trees were knocked down. Uh, Thankfully, no actual damage to the grounds or to any of the grandstands, but it was a bit of a mess to clean up out there course was actually closed until mid-afternoon on Monday for cleanup and then again they had to contend with kind of just a steady driving rain plus all that smoke from the wildfires starting to roll in Um, so it's been interesting Um, I I think it's gonna play softer I mean we had enough uh, enough rain and again I can confirm because I forgot to take the bottom off of one of my potted plants outside and my uh my baby um, oregano was sitting in about an inch and a half of standing water when I went out there, and that's just from the last 24, 48 hours or so. So I do think that course is going to soften up a good bit, uh, be nowhere near the teeth that it could have had. Um, but I'm with you. I'm not sure it's going to be just a complete. Uh, uh, what, what, what kind of drainage systems your baby oregano got? Um, well, a, a non-existent one because I'm an idiot and I left the, uh, <laughs> I left the cap on the bottom of the, uh, the pot, like the, the thing that it sits in. Nice. So literally just standing water. <laughs> um, once we get to the tournament, it should be fine. Warms up Thursday and Friday to the mid eighties, got sun and minimal wind. Do have a chance of thunderstorms both days on the weekend, but should be more kind of of that pop-up variety. All right, quick uh, look at the field. As we mentioned, strongest one yet for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Stock, 156-man field. You got top 65 in ties to the weekend. Shallow cow, we got one thing left to do, and that's make some golf picks. Sounds fucking great. I'm going to turn it right over to you to start uh, because you have a single play up at the top of the board. The only one of our plays that ventures south of 40 to 1. So, um, you know, course history, I didn't really want to, the, the, the course history is very, um, very random here. Um, people will go high finishes and miss cuts, you know, here it's, it's very, it's very hit or miss. Um, but he's got a couple top 25s here. Great distance, 
great accuracy actually with his driver as uh, he is actually 20th. Excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he actually is. No, he is 20th in uh, driver accuracy. Um, so that's great. And to know that he pounds the ball off the tee, he's very accurate, um, good approach game. This is your driver wedge uh, putter, maybe, hopefully. Um, bit of concern for Sungjae. But it's really just about being hot, giving yourself opportunities here. If he puts himself in the right position, he's going to um, he's gonna do well for himself with the putter. Good pie five score as well. And he can also go low in a birdie fest. He, 18 times, he's been sub 15 under, 11 times, sub 17 under, and six times sub 19 under which is most in the field. So I like that from Sung Jay, and that's why he's my play at the top of the board. I was interested in Sung Jay myself, probably very interested in him for season-long fantasy this week. Um, it's been a weird run of form for Sung Jay. He was actually in tremendous form coming out of Augusta at the Masters in April, finished 16th there, and then went 7th the RBC, 8th the Wells Fargo. Then he jumped over across sea to Korea and won an event on the Korean uh, PGA Tour. And since then, it's been disastrous. <laughs> He's yeah. missed three of his next five cuts, 41st at the Memorial, 29th. It's just been weird. I mean, he was in such a good run of form. He goes and wins, and it's just been upside down since then. Yeah. the You know, the one thing that I have to say is that he does play a lot of golf. So that – you know, that type of run is not going to be out of the ordinary for somebody who really plays, you know, that much. You know, John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler or some of these guys near the top that don't play as much as Sungjae, they might have really shitty weeks in practice and um, off course or off tournament weeks, and we just don't see it. Sungjae playing every almost every goddamn week we see it. So, you know, how how concerning is that really to me? Not much. Um, he's he's the, the data here and the modeling. He's one of the class uh, of this tournament. He plays a lot of golf. Nobody's going to argue that with Sun J.M. All right, well, I'll jump in next. Uh, I'm sticking with my guy going one point each way on Cam Davis, 40 to one. I will probably continue to bet Cam Davis at this tournament every year that he plays it until they tell him he can't come back anymore. Um, truly, my guy, 150 to one winner here in 2021, my longest outright winner to date. Hit a 200 to one each way on him a couple of weeks ago at the PGA, and all this has done is make up for all the other times I have bet him and lost. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as Medjidi is a past champion here, the Sedgefield record is pretty good. He's 15th and 22nd in two appearances, but seven of his eight rounds there in the 60s, four of eight were 65 or better on that Donald Ross track. Bentgrass, his best surface by a mile, obviously his maiden win came here. He gained strokes putting in two of four appearances so far at DGC and actually lost strokes putting last year despite finishing 14th. 
very much loves an easy test of golf, uh, scores best on the easiest courses. Driver is his big weapon, which I love at DGC. As you mentioned, I, can't, I huh? can't wait. I can't wait to see him absolutely unleash. Dude, he bombs the ball. We're going to get up close and personal for that. I mean, I think I hit the ball really fucking far, and I can't wait to see this dude. It just sounds different. He's got among the fastest clubhead speeds on tour. I think Cam Champ actually holds that distinction. But uh, but Cam Davis, Garrett Kigo, a couple guys we'll talk about here in a few moments. Uh, got some serious clubhead speed behind him. He is ninth in strokes gained off the tee this year, 17th for driving distance. He's gaining strokes off the tee in 11 of his last 13 tournaments. A weird couple mixed in there, a little blip at Memorial at U.S. Open when he lost strokes, missed cut both times. Tee to green game's been strong as well, gaining an 8 of 11. Again, uh, lost at both Memorial and U.S. Open. And I will end on this for Cam Davis. He has a single top seven finish each in the months of March, April, and May. You know what he doesn't have yet in June, Shallow Cal? One of those. Now, we need it to be a little better. We need top six, actually, if I'm going to cash that each way. But I'll (laughs) tell you what, we are due for that top five, six, seven-ish place from Cam Davis this month. And what better place than Rocket Mortgage Classic? All right, back to you uh, for Ludwig Aberg, 55 to 1. Um, Just sign me up for the fan club already. He's really good in his first few PGA starts, got the distance to really work this course, catch that hot putter, and let's fucking go. Uh, you know, he's been very close, and at 55 to 1, if I can get just one of those each-way caches, I can get my money back. <laughs> <laughs> If we catch uh, in, we get more than that. So, like, let's go, buddy. And the the randomness of the DGC and the Rocket Mortgage Classic of the first four iterations, I love a first-time winner on uh, on this course. And I'll tell you what, uh, you ain't getting no 55-to-1s on Ludwig Aberg when he plays at the John Deere Classic uh, next week. So good time to go ahead that, and bet him. That uh, that number was at 66 when I first saw it in the morning, and it gave me pause. And I was like, uh, it seems a little low. And then I kept thinking and kept thinking and kept thinking and kept thinking. And by the time I pulled the trigger, it was at 55. And um, hopefully that means that a lot of us are on him. And hopefully that means a lot of us can win some fucking money this week. Definitely a lot of tips on golf Twitter rolling in for old Mr. Ludwig Aberg. Let's do it. Swag on 100,000 million. (laughs) Well, I do have a 66 to 1 play. I'm one point each way this week on Benny on 66 to 1. Believe this may be the first time I bet Benny. There may have possibly been one other occasion. But I do really like him this week. Uh, 13th here when the event debuted in 2019. Been playing some really good stuff of late, uh, minus a missed cut last week at Travelers. Um, not, of course, it sets up well for him. Before that, three straight top 25s, uh, Memorial, Charles Schwab, Byron Nelson, strokes gained Texas, because he was also T6 at the Texas Open. One thing I love about Benny on, uh, win equity. 
four of them to be exact in his professional career. Uh, the biggest by far, he won the Euro Tours flagship event, BMW PGA over at Wentworth, which again, I actually really like for the ties to DGC. That is an old fashioned tree line parklands. He's also been third before at Sedgefield. So got that Donald Ross tie. Um, wins as well on Corn Ferry Tour, Challenge Tour, and the Korean Tour. He is a PGA Tour maiden, but he's got some experience contending. He's lost twice in a playoff back in 2016 at the Zurich when it was an individual event, and then he was part of that three-man playoff at the Memorial in 2018 when Bryson defeated both he and Kyle Stanley. Well, if I told you that I had a 60-to-1 first-round leader ticket on one, Benny on. Is that something you might be interested in? That's something I'm very interested in. Well, yeah. So he's a morning tea time. We're going to get there. And we're going to watch Mr. On tee off on hole 10. I, uh, I really wanted to throw that first round leader ticket out there since we'll be uh, hanging around in that area, hoof and foot all over the place. And um, maybe if he's going low. We can watch him come in on 18 for that uh, 12 under par, uh, 60. I think you need to make a sign for Thursday. You need to create you a little lottery ticket and put Benny on 61 first round leader. See if we can get him to acknowledge that. Oh, that would be great. Do they even allow signs? Is that <laughs> I'm like sure they children? don't. <laughs> Is that something children do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be walking around with a backpack full of golf cards and a Sharpie, so. <laughs> oh, maybe you can go to hole one first. <laughs> uh, no, man. Driving range and putting green. Come on now. And locker right. room after their rounds. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, real quick to finish on Benny on what I like most is his driver. He will certainly notice a theme on all of my picks. Um, big key was the move last year to renowned coach Sean Foley, whom he is still with in 2023. That has really turned around what got to be kind of a sideways uh, weapon for him there for a considerable amount of time. Fifth in driving distance this year, just a big, big hitter. Uh, 33rd for strokes gained off the tee. An old boy is gaining off the tee in seventh, seven straight back to that sixth place finish at the Texas Open. Uh, tee to green game is nice too. Gaining an 11 straight just really, really sets up nicely for Mr. Benny on whom, whose rookie card, I should say, I will be carrying with me uh, in part of that backpack on Thursday. Excellent. All right, real quick, I'm going to stick here. I got one in the 70s. I'm going one point each way on Austin Eckroat. I'm curious, did he flash at all in your models this week? Yes, he did. And then I looked at what his price was, and I was like, what the fuck? 70 to 1? And I was like, uh, no way. And then... Much like Ludwig, when I came back to him, you go back to Eckroat, and his number was all the way damn near 40 by the time I went back. And I think it's at 33 to 1 right now. 33 to 1 out there on FanDuel. You are correct. Um, wow. That's that, insane. That is a ridiculous delta. And the 70s that I got him at, no longer available on Bet Rivers. But even still, I mean, that is a crashing of the odds. 
Let me just see what the best number is on that old boy right now, um, because that was pretty crazy um, when I saw that 70. And then I saw exactly what you were seeing as well throughout the day. It just came crashing down from there. Yeah, uh, so Ekro is uh, 50 to 1 on Bet Rivers right now. 50 to 1 on Bet Rivers, man. That actually looks like the best number available. A lot of books have them at 50, so that's where it's settled. Yeah. Um, I well, I like them a lot. Further on Bet Rivers, though, when I logged in earlier and then he must have floated back towards 50 yeah a little drift i actually saw that going on with a few players uh last two days on bet rivers hideki being one of them that actually drifted in the right direction yeah uh ekrot has popped a bunch in the models i ran this week actually number two in this field in my final model for the last 24 rounds been in a great run of form. 10th at the U.S. Open despite losing 2.4 strokes putting, which is very much out of the uh, average for him. Only the second time in his last eight that he's lost strokes with the putter. Uh, second before that, the Byron Nelson in mid-May gained 7.3 strokes putting. He's got three other top 30s since mid-May uh, with no missed cuts. Pretty darn good first full season on tour for him. He is a proud poke from Oki State in that very fine program under Alan Bratton. 57th already on debut this year in the FedEx Cup standings. Made more than $2.1 million uh, this year. And that does include a stretch actually from late January to late April where he missed cuts in eight of nine events. Driver is one of his main strengths. Again, noticing a theme here on my card. Uh, 16th in total driving and 23rd in strokes gained off the tee. He is gaining an eight straight, but um, kind of opposite of the other guys I'm targeting. He's doing it more so with accuracy. Uh, 24th for driving accuracy versus 91st for distance, but he's still averaging 300 plus. So I think he's got plenty of distance to, to compete. Um, really a nails putter. Bent grass is his best surface, but he's also POA positive, gaining strokes in four of his last five, averaging 2.4 strokes gained during that stretch. He has really had the whole package since he found something at that Byron Nelson when he was second. He's gaining everywhere in the strokes gain metrics, off the tees, tee to green approach, around the green putting. It's just been a great run of form for Eckroat. I almost bet him last week at Travelers. Glad I saved the bullet for this week because I do really like him. All right, Shadow Cow, couple opportunities as we get into these deeper numbers uh, for some team wins. I will let you start with our first uh, with the Canadian Taylor Pendrith at 80 to 1. Well, you gave that one away. He's Canadian, so he's close to Canada. <laughs> so it must be fate. Um, right? So uh, he finished second year. Uh, he finished second here last year. Um, he gained more than 13 and a half strokes across the board on the field last year. Um, you don't want to necessarily go off of super course history uh, here, but damn, that is impressive. 2.25 tee to green gaining and 2.38 ball striking. I mean, that's just incredible. Um you know, hopefully some of that magic comes. He hasn't been the best this year, but he's been better lately, and hopefully that just keeps going. Yeah, a little bit of uh, is, is this his second season on tour? Is this technically a sophomore slump? Um, Third turned, season, maybe? It says he turned pro in 2014. Oh, man. 
Yeah. But but if I recall, he also bounced around for a long time on. Yeah. He's 32 years old. Wow. All right, Mr. Pendrith. Well, it's time then uh, because he is still a maiden on the PGA Tour. Got a couple wins uh, in Canada, but still looking for that first one on the big boy circuit. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's 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 not. He's not totally. I think I believe he's got us. He's got a second place here. So um, let's create some of that magic and go and, and go for the first one this week. We've seen a lot of guys kind of, uh, you know, um, with with Jason Day coming back and Ricky coming back. Maybe Taylor Pendrith can break through and you know um, and get that win. Yeah, like a lot of the guys we're talking about, the key for him, I think, is going to be that putter. Um, and not very good on the greens, but bent grass is by far his best surface. And very similar to Benny Ann, uh, also POA positive in that mix. Um, he gained actually a whopping 4.9 strokes on the greens here last year. So has proven he can do it at DGC. Despite being overall a very poor putter, he's actually very good inside 10 feet. 13th on tour this season, and I think that's actually a boon here with what should be some pretty soft greens and the ability to attack pins. Uh, I like the fact that he hits a ton of those inside 10-footers, doesn't mess around there. So let's do it, Taylor Pendrith. Let's hear the Canadian National Anthem a few times. I'll jump in and serenade as well if we get a good group going out there uh, following Mr. Pendrith. So let me just throw this in there. He was 12th in strokes gained off the tee last year. Mm. So he he can put it together off the tee. Um, 10th in driving distance last year as well. So I think where he's coming back to is is a is a good is a good indication of what he can do on this course. I think so, too. I like it a lot. He still lives in Canada. Easy three, four-hour drive over for him. So just a lot of kind of comfy confines of, of his natural area. Yeah. All right. You got a second play at 80 to 1, so we'll stick with you. Uh, Mr. Brandon, woo. Can we – we got we to do a lower uh, one for that than C. Woo. Because he's the <laughs> – There's the, the distinction. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um Good and non-elevated events, finishing uh, third T23 and T9 in his last three. Going to need to make a lot of birdies here, and he's made the ninth most on tour this season. So I like that, and I like that he's um, really excelling um, and and coming on this year. And I like to see him break through. I think that uh, that this is a course that obviously rewards um, the hot player and whoever's just playing the best this week. So hopefully he just can get super, super hot. And uh, he's not the worst putter. He's not the best putter. He's, you know, well above average. So let's see it, Brandon Wu. Had some interest there myself. Actually surprised his numbers have held where they have for so long. I thought he'd be more of a popular play this week as kind of a contrarian look. Yeah. All right, second and final opportunity this week for a team win. A guy that we both love, that we've both been on for multiple wins in his career, both on the European Tour and his first one on the PGA Tour. But most importantly, Shallow Cal, 
what are you wearing on Thursday to impress Garrett Kago? If it's anything, it's got to be just the pure white Titleist rope hat, right? Gotta be. Gotta be. Yes. Um, I don't know how to swing left-handed, so maybe I can get a range session in with him uh, afterwards. I've actually been practicing my left-handed golf swing. <laughs> hey, get you out of sticky situations. I mean, I'm teaching my two-and-a-half-year-old son to play in the backyard with a plastic little tyke set, and I'm pretty you know, sick of just whacking the ball over the fence every time when I'm showing him. So I just flipped it around, started, started going lefty, and uh, taking a little distance off my shots, seeing if I can procure a left-handed swing out of this whole deal. Well, you know, if nothing else comes out of it, you got a little humiliation in front of your son. And, That's right. Uh, um, so, yeah, Garrett Higo, man. 100 to 1. 101. Um, a glorious miscut here last year, if I'm not mistaken. Way terrible performance. I mean, some of the <laughs> worst driving. I followed him for a lot of his first round last year. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, you know, because I was so excited for you to go and, and I wanted to put a bet. I think I bet on him on the first round leader and maybe even outright as well. Um, but boy, oh boy, was that. Was that fun to watch from Shotlink? <laughs> Ooh, it's been a struggle. <laughs> uh, there was unknown, too unknown, uh, uh, way too many times in that one. He actually looked at me uh, at one point on the uh, the one hole with water. That was actually where he had the wicked slice. There was probably like five or six of us around the tee box, and he just sliced this thing like mad. And he just turns around, looks at me, and goes, "You see where that one went?" I said, "I did not." <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm excited to see him him hit the ball. The club head speed um, and, and whatnot is uh, is impressive with that young lad. So that's that's what I'm excited to see. Other than that, why did I bet him? Uh, because I'm going. Uh, I wanted him to win. And this is, of course, the bomb and gouge approach might actually work for him. If he can find the hot putter, like, oh, my God, he used to be such – a great putter. He it's, led the European Tour in strokes gained putting his last full season in 2021. That's how far he's fallen. Yeah, like where, where, what happened, dude? Um, it's almost like a Ricky in Jordan Spieth situation where you know what were they known for? Their putters. What left them? Their putters. So mm. if there can be a week to get it back. Let him just go out there and just sling some driver and uh, knock some putts in, man. He needs it um, because that putter has carried him before, carried him to a couple wins in the Canary Islands when we were on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, recent stretch here about uh, a month and a half ago where he lost strokes putting in seven of nine tournaments, but we have seen some encouraging signs of late. He's actually gained strokes on the green in three of his last five, including over two strokes at the Memorial, uh, also on bent grass green. So I like that. At his best on easy courses, uh, three wins on the European Tour came at 19 under, 25 under, and 27 under, so he can definitely go low in a birdie fest. Got a 19 under win uh, for his loan on the Challenge Tour. Also actually won the Tour Championship on the Sunshine Tour, coming out of South Africa at 19 under in 2020. But Shallow Cow, man, it has been a struggle for young Garrick Higo since he came over here 
almost fresh off that Canary Island uh, run and almost won right away at the Palmetto Championship in 2021. He has only had one top 10 on tour since that win two years ago. But And guess what? Guess what that top 10 led to? 500 to one each way. <laughs> 500 to one each way for the both of us. That was insane. And he... Oh, and what let him down there at the end? It was like a six-foot putt that he would have made, if he would have made it, would have tied him for the lead. And he just it, he just pushed it right, and it never had a chance. It was like, oh. Huge bummer. What could have been? Mm, I know it. Driver's the key for him, as it is for, again, most of the guys on my betting card. 22nd in strokes gained off the tee, 39th in distance. He is 53rd in total driving this year. He actually lost 1.5 strokes uh, driving for a missed cut last week at Travelers, um, and that snapped a streak of gaining in eight straight. So I'm not too worried about that one. Not really a course, uh, number one, that fits his eye or really his game. All right, Shadow Cal, uh, one more triple-digit play for each of us to close it out. Uh, we'll go to you first, uh, 125 to 1. Uh, Akshay Batia, um, he's, he's got the hot putter necessary to contend. Um, you know, the, the Mexico putting fest, he was right there. I thought he was going to win. At Vedanta, um, I was super excited. So now we're back. We get to see him play. This is a course that will fit his his game profile. Longer off the tee, um, good with a wedge in his hand, and then you know catch that hot putter, catch that hot putter. So we'll see what we can do. I like the number one twenty five um, with the each way. Let's go, Akshay. Akshay Batia. Well, I will close us out on another very big hitter, uh, among the biggest on the PGA Tour. I'm one point each way on Cam Champ, 150 to 1. Little course history here. Uh, he's made the cut in three of four tries with the best of 12th in 2020. Um, again, much like the rest of my card, driver, driver, driver is what leads me to Cam Champ. Eighth in driving distance on tour this year, 16th in total driving. Uh, he's gaining off the tee in eight of his last nine. He is in a tough stretch of golf right now. There's no doubt about it. But his best performance by far since the fall was eighth at the Mexico Open a couple uh, months ago, where driver was the premium club. So we certainly see kind of that blueprint for getting Cam Champ back in the winner's circle. It's got some win equity. and You know I love me some win equity. Mm-hmm. Um only 28 years old, but he's already won three times on tour, uh, plus once on the web.com tour. Uh, 2018 Sanderson Farms winner, love that for the comp course. Uh, also won at the Safeway in 2019 out in California. And then as we talked about at the top of the show, decent little form guide uh, with a win at the 2021 3M Open the year before Tony Finau won it and then went back to back at DGC. Give me a little sprinkle on Cam Champ. One point each way, 150 to 1. Any FOMO for you this week, Shallow Cal? Um, Hideki. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of FOMO. Um, JJ Spawn, interesting enough. Um, 
I thought hard about that 80. And when I, next time I looked, it was down at like 45, 50, 55. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so JJ spawn and, uh, shit, man. What if Keegan just goes back to back? Be incredible and not totally unheard of if he keeps that putter. Also, Tom Kim. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a ton of FOMO this week. Uh, JJ Spawn, honestly, probably the biggest one because it was between he and Pendrith for that sixth spot on my card, uh, both kind of in that same 80, 90 to 1 range. And again, as mentioned, when I came back and saw those odds, it just crashed. Took me off him pretty quickly. Um, I do like Hideki, again, like him a lot for potentially a season-long fantasy play. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence on Tom Kim. I'm on the fence. I don't know whether to go all in again for a second week or to punt on him and anticipate a potential bounce. But I'm looking forward to watching young Tom Kim out there. So what you're telling me is that uh, you love Tom Kim in fantasy and you're not playing Hideki. Mm, it's possible <laughs> <laughs> because you're just trying to throw off everybody in our fantasy league who listens to the podcast. We got a lot on the line here. The next couple of weeks, we wrap up segment four. Yeah. All right. A reminder: you can see all of our picks for the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Venerable Detroit Golf Club by following at Playing Tips Pod on Twitter. Shallow Cal, let's go well again. Looking forward to being down there with you on Thursday, my friend. All right. I'll see you soon.